Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Thursday, November 5th of 2020. We'd like to welcome all of our listeners, wherever you are tuning in from. We we thank you for uh, setting uh, time out of your time to be able to join us as we study the Word of God, as we speak uh, what well, we believe that God is telling us in this hour. It's been a few days of, of much anticipation, uh, of much thinking. Uh, it should be times where there should be praying involved in your day more than ever before and the seeking Man. of the Lord and analyzing what is going on. I remember uh, some of our first uh, um I think this was was this last year when we had a series called "What in the World is Going On." You guys remember those uh, podcasts we did? Yeah, think, uh, it was tremendous. You know, with just that simple question, "What in the world is going on?" I think we are much clearer today of what's happening. You know, and 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 it's it's evident that these are the signs. These are the last days, and we are getting ready to enter. Uh, midnight hour, a time that we have never seen before. But I thank God that through all of this, as Brother Marty always says, we're not, again, we're not trying to scare you, but we want to encourage you, encourage you to see, uh, to be able to glean from the Word of God, because that's the only place that we can find safety, especially in this hour, the safety in the Word of God. So I'm excited. We're going to get into the Word of God today. I know God has something fresh for us. We're getting we're getting ready to get to the end of the week. The days are going by faster. But you know what? God's Word is increasing. Amen. And to those that are hungry. Today in our panel, we have Brother Marty and Brother Fernando joining us. And as always, it is a pleasure for us to be together and to be able to study the Word and have you listeners with us and joining us. So, Brother Marty, I'll leave it to you to knock the devil out with a short stick. And uh, <laughs> let's keep going on. <laughs> so I'll let you share what's in your heart, Brother Marty, and as we study the Word of God together. Yeah, yesterday we uh, we all woke up to, uh, to uh, you know, the uh, the initial bombardment of the devil on this nation uh, as his children have been running uh, rampant across the landscape of our country uh, unchecked. Uh, trying to get away with what they um, have been getting away with for 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 a century, and uh, you know, uh, indeed, uh, post-election day was is a day that will live in infamy, and 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 the very heart and soul of the nation is hanging in the balance. And while we can focus on many of the things uh, which we bring up and we discuss, so forth and so on. You know, our primary focus and uh, is directed towards the church in this country and and our brothers and sisters who are praying for us around the world. Um, uh, if this nation goes down, uh, you know, what we what we know is that that we are the last bastion of of, of hope for humanity. You know, I, I, I don't see, uh, you know, other people, you know, <laughs> you know, flooding the borders of Russia or China, trying to get into there. They all come here. And there's a reason for that. <clears throat> While the nation isn't perfect, and it's obviously a nation divided uh, where we are right now, um, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is that is that 
is that the founding fathers led and guided by the Holy Spirit created a system, created a, a the great American experiment, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, which, which became and, and evolved into uh, the most uh, free uh, society on the face of the earth. And, and, and it holds forth a beacon and a hope for humanity. And, and so what we are witnessing right now is, is in essence a struggle for that, for an idea, for the concept, for the, the foundational principles upon which this nation were built. And, and it's been quite some time. Uh, I remember a few weeks ago, I, I saw where the president issued an executive order, um, uh, commanding that the universities and the school systems, the public school systems, have to integrate in their curriculum going forward um, the accurate teaching on, on patriotism and, and the, the, the accurate history of the United States to our children. And I thought, you know, that's an awesome idea. But then I thought also, where have we come to that, uh, that our school systems have to be reminded uh, to, to teach uh, patriotic, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> knowledge to our children that's how far we've declined you know and 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 as a result of that the the seeds of of apathy that were sown by 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 uh by neglect um have have now come to to bear fruit in what we see happening right before our eyes and so you know we woke up in the morning and as the smoke cleared you know we were feisty yesterday uh, we, we were quoting Ben Franklin and, you know, even mentioned uh, the, the, the pistol duel between Vice President Burr and Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. I mean, we <laughs> fired up, man. <laughs> uh, but now here we are the day after. And, and so we have to ask ourselves the question, where do we go from here? What do we do now? You know, we, we see the enemy. He's, he's, uh, he's fired his shots. And now he's trenching, you know, he's digging his uh, his World War II trenches in front of the voting the voting places where they're counting and so forth and so on. And, and all that's going on uh, right in front of us. But our focus is on the church and, and mm -hmm. what we're what we're trying to do. And we have two options here. Uh, we can and however this, you know, however this takes shape in your own personal life, we're all being uh, asked something by the Holy Spirit right now. You know, if that wasn't the case, then then it would be over already. But it's not. See, we're we're still fighting. You know, the uh, and and in the secular community, whether Republican or Democrat, they're fighting in the court systems. They're doing all that kind of stuff, and, and rightfully so. Um, you know, the uh, to contest what is an obvious attempt at uh, you know at distorting uh, the results. And 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 you know what's what's so audacious about it is the spirit by which is which is driving these things um, has has reached the point where it literally thinks it can get away with it, and that's the question. So what do we do in response to it is vital, and and how we how we respond is is going to be unique to each and every individual. And what I mean by that is what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, do it, whatever shape or form that takes. The, the the most uh, powerful weapon that you have um, is is to pray and to call out to God. Number one, number two, then to get up off our knees and do something, do something significant. Whether that's uh, you know a, a word to your neighbor or, or or an encouragement to your children, how whatever form it takes, uh, we must uh, stand 
for the freedom that was handed down to us from generation to generation. Because make no mistake about it, that freedom that was given to us, it came through blood, sweat, and tears uh, of generations that, that believed that it was a nation that was blessed by God. They wrote songs about it. You know, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains, majesty above the fruited plains. America, America, God uh, shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. That's the kind of songs we used to sing when I was little in school and we, we, we were still allowed to do the Pledge of Allegiance then. We were one nation under God, indivisible, right, with liberty and justice for all. These are the ideals that were not formed out of the thoughts and logic of, of mere men, but they are the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that moved upon those men who both prayed and then put into action what it is that God moved their hearts to pray about. And so this this fragile gift of, of freedom and 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 hope that is found resident within within the American Republic is a gift from God, and and knowing that uh, that gift has to burn bright, and the understanding of it within the hearts of those who who love Him and understand uh, the fragility of it all, as we see it being contested over right now. Make no mistake about it, brothers and sisters. There are two um, competing uh, forces right now. And not to belabor the point, but to quote Cardinal Vigano, like we read his letter the other day, this is not a struggle between Democrat and Republican. This is a, this, this is a struggle between the forces of good and the forces of evil, between the children of light and the children of darkness. And, and we are of the light. And therefore, let us shine. Like Jesus said, don't, don't light a candle and hide it under a bed. He said, you're supposed to be a city that is set on a hill. You're supposed to be a candlestick a candle set on top of a candle so that all who enter the house can see the light. That is what we feel inspired about today. That as long as we have breath, as long as we have hope, as long as we have a Bible in our hand and, and, and the desire to seek God, to both work on us first and then, uh, you know, translate that into effective action in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our communities and across our land, there's still hope. We know what the prophetic scriptures say, but like King David said so many years ago, when, when they gathered in the Valley of Elah, the children of Israel on one side, the Philistines on the other, a giant has walked down in the valley and laid down a challenge. And that challenge is being laid down to God's children all across this country and the world. And the question is, are we going to be all dressed up and look like church people and do nothing and flee every time the giant taunts us and mocks us? at the ineptitude of our establishment leaders and compromised congregations? Or are we gonna be like King David, who when, he, when we hear that voice of opposition from the enemy, stand up and say, like he said so many years ago, is there not a cause? Absolutely there is. And if for any, for any other reason, let us go down, if we're gonna go down, let us go down with, with our children seeing that in, in our most crucial of times, when history came to our doorstep, did we stand up and fight for the right to, to believe unobstructed and unencumbered in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? And did we fight for their right, for a hopeful future for them and their children? That is what we're being called to do. That is what has come to us 
in our times. And I say, ladies and gentlemen, like King David said so many years ago, is there not a cause? Hallelujah. Any thoughts, brothers, before we get into the word? Powerful, powerful, brother. <laughs> you know, yesterday um, uh, we got a, uh, how do I say this, man? We got a prophetic word from my five-year-old. and I'm not going to relate everything she said, but to your point, at the end, she 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 said it with a boldness, and I know the Spirit of the Lord was with her, she, and she was encouraged, and she says, God has made a promise. God has made a promise, and that promise is, I will be with you as I was with Noah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I will be with you as I was with Noah. You know, a five-year-old doesn't just speak like that unless she's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And why did why did why did the Lord say Noah? <laughs> because mm. Jesus said that these days would be like the days of Noah, and to encourage us and to remind us that as I was with Noah, I will be with you. Keep preaching, yeah. keep standing up, even if they mock you, even if they turn against you. Keep building the ark for the saving of your families. And <laughs> I just wanted to encourage somebody, as you are right now, Brother Marty. I wanted to encourage somebody. I've made a promise that I will be with you as I was with Noah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And with that in mind, Brother Jeremy, would you read to us today as, as we draw inspiration from the Apostle Paul in Athens? I want you to read to us the scriptures, uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 16 through 18. And, and we'll just yes. discuss for a few moments today as we continue uh, for the battles engaged, brothers and sisters. And it's 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 time to uh, to, to strap on our our armor and tie those uh, our feet shod with the preparations of the gospel of peace take up that shield of faith grab that sword of the spirit which is the word of god and the energy that yes. drives it all which is praying in the holy spirit and our helmet of salvation yes. that's where we're headed that's what we're doing it's a call to arms brothers and sisters and, yes. and and our weapon our weapons are not carnal but they're mighty through god amen the <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Before I man, get crazy over here. <laughs> you 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 preaching already, Brother Marty, so uh, keep preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. There we go. Amen. Verse Amen in the name of Jesus. Uh verse yeah. sixteen to verse eighteen. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans, Epicureans and yeah. of the Stoics encountered him. And some said, what will this babbler do? Others, some, he seemed to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Hallelujah. <laughs> he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. You know, we we I feel like we've already entered the freeway here and so we're 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 up and running, man, but you know, we draw inspiration from the apostle Paul's example. And and it cannot be understated when we look at it and apply uh, you know, the, the principles that, you know, especially for our times, you know, like we said, you know, this is the second day post-election and, 
and in America, you know, there's there's many that are, uh, you know, in the church, the regular folk, the, you know, the sheep of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, however you want to label us. You know, there's there's many that are that are disillusioned and and feeling disoriented right now. And like we've been talking about, you know, when when we come to, uh, you know, to to the spiritual leadership that should be guiding the church, they're they're definitely silent. And, and they're silent because they, they frankly don't know what's going on. But God is stirring his people. I feel it. You know, I woke up this morning all yesterday, last night. I, I felt this, you know, like the man who who uh, who, who was healed by Jesus uh, in that story by the, uh, by the pool of Bethesda. It says that an angel would come down and stir the water, right? I feel a stirring in the water, brothers. <laughs> I Amen. feel it. I sense it. You know, I really do sense it. it it's beginning. And and I think yes. that, that, that we are going to see a move of God in in, in, in the homes, in the lives, and in the families uh, of the children of God who are beginning to cry out to him uh, in earnest. And understand, this is a gift of the Spirit when, when he stirs us like that. It's a collective. And, and and I draw strength from the encouraging words of, of the Lord to, when he spoke to his prophet Elijah, who was feeling that isolation, who felt like, you know, the, the times and the culture had brought him to that place where he told the Lord, you know, I'm the only one left. <laughs> he felt like mm-hmm. he was the only one left. And the Lord said, but prophet Elijah, man, he goes, I've got 7,000 people, you know, that I know where they're at and I've hidden them away and they have refused to bow the knee to Baal. Yes. They're my people. And and I know that, that God has his people out there. And and I feel I feel them. I sense them. There's a stirring that's taking place in the spirit. See, what Brother Jeremy just read there, uh, which we've been examining for three plus weeks now, we've come to Athens and as we talked about and and as I was meditating on these scriptures this morning, I really, really sensed the Holy Spirit telling me you know, this is this is so uh, for your time, you know, and, and, and speak about it in relation to our time. Let, let's take a little bit of a look here at what we can find out. First, we know that uh, in verse 16 that, you know, the Apostle Paul uh, had been had been ushered out of Thessalonica, you know, where they had trouble there and, and, and the brethren had to get him out of out of town at night, you know, and they took him all the way to Berea, 46 miles away. And then they got in trouble there when when they followed him there, and and then they put him on a boat immediately for the protection of his own life, and and sent him 191 miles away by sea uh, till he came to Athens. And when he gets to Athens, uh, you know, for the very first time in his public ministry, you know, he had always been with Barnabas, he had always been with the other brothers, uh, but this was the first time now, and he separated from Luke and Timothy and Silas and you could feel his heart in verse 15 where you know where it says they conducted Paul they brought him to Athens and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timothy for to come to him with all speed you could almost feel his his anxiousness as he's about to be dropped off uh in Athens and 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 he was beginning to feel that sense of urgency uh when you dig into the emotion of it of actually being alone. And that's what happened. He came into isolated places. He came into that position where he, he literally physically was alone. And 
and and and without belaboring the point, but digging into that sense of, of feeling alone. And there's many out there in, in in what we're experiencing right now in our country. If you're paying attention, you know, so I know there's a whole bunch of people that have just said, "Well, that's just the way it is." Well, I'm not talking to those people. I'm talking to those who have been tempted to think that way. But at the same time, there's something in you that's frustrated. It's a Holy Spirit discontent. It's a spiritual discontent. It's a stirring of the Spirit. See, that's what happened to Paul. He came and, and, and felt that sense of anxiousness for a moment. But then as it goes on into verse 16, it says, While he waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred. In his isolation and in his waiting for them, uh, the in-between, the waiting and the stirring, is what the Holy Spirit is doing right now in many places across this country. And maybe for those of you listening right now, you know, you, you there, there's something on the inside of you that won't let you go. Paul could have waited because that's what the Holy Spirit had him say in verse 16. He was waiting for them. But then it identifies Athens. And it's the launching point because it really parallels much of what we're going through today. When you think of it in this way, it's very interesting because Athens was the birthplace of democracy. And the United States, in many ways, and it is, not in many ways, it is the last bastion of true democracy, although it's been heavily attacked and, and heavily watered down, it is still that 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 last bastion of, of democratic expression it is the athens of our time and so it's interesting the parallels because it, like we were just saying you know what led him to athens in chapter 17 was was spiritual warfare it was the warfare that brought him there and you know we have a we've been in a spiritual warfare in this country for decades and, and, and we're in a battle now, and we can, if we're not careful, we can give in to the sense of being alone. But the Spirit of God is taking the time right now, as the very soul of the nation is being fought over. And I want to slow down here for a minute so that we understand what's actually happening, that we at least consider that it, that what's happening. You know, I have I have access to multiple uh, media outlets and. Uh, both, uh, you know, uh, in, in the broadcast media and also in, in, in the various different sources that I go to around the world for, for, for global news uh, so to get a very large perspective on what's happening. And what's been happening over the last 48 hours, it's astounding. If you just take the time to go and, and, and look at the news that's happening around the world, whether it's in China, Russia, um, you know, India, or across uh, Western Europe, it's it's incredibly fascinating because they're all preaching the narrative uh, of propaganda. And what they're saying is actually happening in the United States is that the president of the United States is trying to overthrow a legitimate election. That's what they're saying. And, and, <laughs> and so I had to pause in the, and then the Holy Spirit had me reflecting on that. Uh, it, was, it was the question, why? Why is the global media preaching the leftist propaganda uh, of the of the establishment media houses in America? What are they What are they so afraid of? What are they trying to do? 
it's 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 more than Trump. You know, Trump is a figurehead. Trump is a figurehead for 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 the last doorstop, if you will, because he preaches a nationalistic, God-centered message. Whether you like the guy or not, the truth of the matter is, and again, we're talking to Christians. This is a president that has appointed three conservative judges, tilting the balance of power in the judiciary. This is a president, the only president, by the way, who went and personally addressed the right to life. He is the strongest anti-abortion, anti-baby killer president we've ever had. This is the president who who repealed uh, Lyndon Johnson's executive order forbidding churches to be able to talk about, uh, you know, who they supported based on biblical principles from their pulpits when it came to uh, political races. Johnson threatened the church in America in the 60s with uh, with stripping them of their tax-exempt status uh, if they in any way from their pulpits gave an opinion in political matters that affected the nation. The president of the United States, when he came into office, repealed that act so that the pulpits could be freed up to preach righteousness and to uh, at least guide the sheep, so to speak, in the way that was consistent with biblical principles when it came to political candidates. This is a president that has broken away uh, from the Agenda 2030 and Agenda 2020 of the United Nations and the Sustainable Development Goals that is being preached all around the world for a unified government, a removing of national borders, a stripping away of religious freedom in the name of the all-glorified state, super state. This is a president who has taken on uh, face-to-face the demonic power of the dragon in the Far East known as China, who has so infiltrated every aspect of our institutional government and institutions of higher learning and has corrupted multitudes of uh, politicians and deep state uh, intelligence service agents across the board. When you think about what is at stake here, and why the ferocity has come against this most imperfect vessel, this is why. It's beyond that. It is the struggle between light and darkness. It is the struggle for the soul of the planet. It is the struggle to remove the last remaining uh, hindrance to a global agenda seeking to enslave the planet in order for it to be ruled by a 1% elite that has thrown its hat in the ring and cut covenant with the devil himself. That's where we are. That is what has happened. And when Paul now, getting back to Paul, is placed in an environment like that, at a most crucial time of the history of the early church, the parallels do not go without being noticed, at least in my, in my way of thinking. And if you don't understand the times that we're living in, then just take some time to pause and reflect, to educate yourself on what is actually happening before us. There are evil things and there are good things, and there are things worth fighting for. And in our case, like Brother Jeremy was saying, uh, you know, the fight and the struggle is for the preservation of our families, the preservation of our freedoms the preservations of, 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 of the right to serve and worship our God as we see fit, led by the Holy Spirit. Make no mistake about it, all those things 
are, are being weighed in the balance right now. They're being contested over. They're being fought over. Paul understood this in his times. If we look at it from that perspective, Athens and America, they're, they're, they're very much the same. And, and, and in that interim period of waiting and stirring, Paul would gather his thoughts and he became refocused. Read that again, Brother Jeremy, in verse 16, would you? Yes. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. We can learn from what he did and how the Holy Spirit moved upon him, the quality of his character. See, when, when they leave him off the boat, he gets out of the boat in verse 15. He's anxiously telling them, hurry up and get back there and tell you know, Silas, Timothy, and Luke to get over here really quickly. You sense his anxiousness. So now he's got to wait. You got to understand, man, they, they, they had to float back 191 miles in the other direction. And then they had to bring the, you know, his, his request to Timothy and Silas and, and Luke and say, you know, let's get in this boat. And, and he wants you to hurry up and get over there. That's another 191 miles backwards. You're talking about a 400 mile round trip. And, and, and you know, uh, so, so you know that there's days that are going to pass by. And so while he's waiting for them in verse 16, in Athens, uh, he, the Holy Spirit refocuses him. We're, we're left in verse 15 with a sense of anxiousness. We get to verse 16 and a sense of isolation. But something happens. The Holy Spirit begins to refocus him. He saw the city wholly given to idolatry, and his spirit became stirred in him. He didn't sit there trembling inside his his uh, you know his his hotel room or wherever he was staying. He didn't sit there and, and wait and, and and say I I I can't do anything because see the spirit of intimidation was upon the land. He just had to flee for his life from Thessalonica. He just got put on a boat because those knuckleheads came over to Berea and tried to hurt him, and the brethren got him out of there. He is running for his life. He's human, brothers and sisters, like you and me. And so you've got to understand the intensity and intimidation of the enemy. He was trying to shut down his effectiveness. Now, he could have sat there in Athens and waited for them. He could have sat there and, and, and just, you know, you know, look through the curtains in case they found out where he was at. I mean, there's all kinds of things we could explore in the thought process of here. But the point of the matter is, is rather than doing that, the Holy Spirit moved and refocused and resharpened who he really was. And that's the opportunity we have right now. God is telling his church, refocus his church, his real church now. He's saying, refocus yourself right now. Gather your senses together. Gather your spiritual senses together. And let the Holy Spirit stir you. Yeah. And that's what Paul did. He was stirred. Because he, he transcended his own experience. He transcended his own anxiousness. He transcended his own isolation and did battle with it. To the point that he allowed the Holy Spirit to cause him to see the city to really see what was going on. And when he did, there's that extra component for those of you who have walked with, 
any measure with the Spirit of God where he begins to flood your soul, to rein in your thoughts, to quiet your spirit, and then light a fire in you, a fire that cannot be put out. Jesus described it as living water on the inside of you, a well of water springing up to everlasting life. We sing those songs, right, about uh, I've got a river of life, right, flowing out of me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, most of us have got so much junk in that once pure river that used to flow that it is like a beaver has come and built a dam. So it ain't flowing. It's just a trickle. Well, we need to take away the obstacles that have dammed up the river of life that once flowed in us out of the way so that it can flow again. And And that's what he did. He got stirred in his heart. Any thoughts, Brother Jeremy? You know, I'm I'm thinking about, and I want to double down on what you're saying. The Spirit of God has positioned us in this hour to be stirred, if you can see it. I think, um, you know, and, and I want to just link something here, because most of the church in, in America believes in a pre-trib rapture, which yeah. means Jesus is coming anytime we're waiting for him. But what it's created in, in them is a laziness. If, if, if you know, here we see Paul, like you said, he could have waited, you know, which he yeah. was, you know, but, but he positioned himself where he could allow the Holy Spirit to stir him up. And I think, you know, it, it's like we're in those days. Is there not a cause, church? <laughs> is there not yeah. a cause in this hour to stand up? Not in the manner that most, that most religious Christians are doing. I'm not, we're not saying go over there and be protest. No. I'm talking about being stirred up to declare the word of the Lord. And if we can see it, if we can see it right now, what's taking place, it is all, you know, it's a test. That's what, that's what, the, that's what John yeah. told, you know, we, we're, it, it's a test. God is proving those that are his. Are you positioning, are you positioning yourself in this hour so that the Holy Spirit can stir you up at the appropriate time? Because there is an Athens out there. There is a people out there, you know. It's kind of interesting, Brother brother Martin, if I could just say this one more thing here. Uh, yes, yes. Um, anytime you bring out, like, like, like uh, let's say an article about what they're doing, like stealing votes or something, what does the media do immediately? They call it what? Fake news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, conspiracy just, theory or something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Words that are used to dis- to try to discredit uh what what you know what one may be saying what one is saying and 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 I think we're gonna see that as as we go along we're we're gonna we're gonna see that when god brings uh, when when paul when God uses Paul to bring the gospel to the as we're gonna see how they're gonna try to discredit paul right yeah. as some guy yeah. as some babbler or whatever I don't want to get ahead of myself, but again we're we're studying right now Paul was positioned to be stirred by the spirit of the Lord. And, and that's a, that's a really powerful point you made there because that's precisely what what, what we're gleaning from this, what we're learning from this. Uh, I love the way you said that because it, and, and let's say it this way as well. It was the Holy Spirit yes. uh, that that had positioned him, yes, to be stirred. And, and mm-hmm. it and it really it's all a matter of perspective now. How do we look at it? You know, he could have easily said, you know what, (laughs) I've been at this thing for 23 years, man. 
and you know it, it's culminated in Thessalonica, uh, you know, and it, it it went to another level there. I mean, they arrested Jason. You guys can read it in in chapter seventeen. You know, the first part of the uh, who are listening. I mean, they arrested Jason, his house, other brothers. Jason had to, you know, pony up some some bail money just to get out, you know, and he's still got a court date he's got to go to, and them people are crazy over there. Um, they stirred up the Antifa of their day. If you go and read it, the, the, the baser sort of fellows to cause trouble in the city. And then he goes over to Berea, and, and he's still not at peace. He caused danger to come there by his mere presence. All of those real issues uh, the enemy uses to intimidate, to sow uh, doubt and question within the mind of the believer. And that is what's ha- ha- is part of what happened to Paul. It had to have. He's human. You know, I'm here in Athens. I don't even have a ministry team. As a matter of fact, the last thing we saw in verse 15, he said, tell them to hurry up and come here and be with me. So that lets me know that there's a sense of of, of of anxiousness there, maybe even a, a, a little hint of fear. You know, I, I've done this this gospel thing. I've been on. This is my second missionary journey. It's come to. It's coming to an end now. It's been ten years since me and Barnabas split, and this is where I'm at now. You know, I'm running for my life, and I've, I've actually caused other people to come up under the heat of the persecution and and the attacks that have come upon you know the 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 fragile burgeoning church where we're sowing and preaching and and trying to develop believers all of these are emotional components that are used by the enemy to intimidate and to cause us to question in our very minds and at the depths of our heart and bringing them to that place of anxiousness and isolation but what you said brother jeremy is it's a matter of perspective if we truly see with the eyes of the spirit and and we're relating it to our times today if we will truly see what, what we're seeing is that the Holy Spirit positioned him to be started. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Over to God. Over to God. See, because there comes a time where we're going to have to decide. There comes a time where we're going to have to go outside our comfort zone, so to speak. There comes a time when we want to when we want to back up and maybe kick back for a while. Uh, where the Holy Spirit says, no, uh-uh, you're going to have plenty of time to do that in the ages to come, in the glory and the presence of the Lord. But for right now, you need to refocus. You need to let me stir you on the inside and remind you why I saved you to begin with, because you're meant to be an effective tool in the hands of God to wreak havoc across the landscape of the territory that the devil is holding unlawfully, because this planet this country, this world belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, somebody help me out here. Amen. <laughs> Man, it, 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 it's not a matter if the Holy Spirit would, is going to stir you up. It's when he will. What, you, what we need to worry is that we need to be ready. We, we hear the, the, the great, one of the, the, the well-known, most famous stories of the story of David and Goliath. But let's look yeah. at it prophetically and spiritually. Was it a coincidence that his father, Jesse, while, while David was tending to the sheep, being prepared, fighting with lions and bears, right, sends him <laughs> at, the, at the appropriate time, right, where, where to, to bring food to his brothers, as, as he thought. And when he gets her, the Holy Spirit positions David to hear at the exact time when Goliath, 
yes. coming yes. against the people of God, and something comes over David. Who is this uncircumcised man that, that speaks yes. against the God of Israel this way? Speaking about positioning. Yeah. You know, it's not a matter if he will, church. He's going to stir you up. Will you be ready? That's what right now he has us right now. You know, that's what we've been. We've been like David in the, in the you know, <laughs> tending to the yeah. sheep, you know, uh, outside of the spotlight, right? But there God is molding you and making a man or a woman of God out of us. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know what, brother? You just, I mean, you're just inspiring me by that again. And thought about that, but think about what you just said uh, there uh, about David. That was really good because David is, is is off the battlefield. Yes. And when he comes to the battlefield, he's not only mocked by Goliath, but he's also persecuted by those that were supposed to be fighting the battle. His own brothers. Right. <laughs> and, and what did they do? They diminished his importance, right? What did they tell him? Go. Why don't you just go back and take care of those few little sheep? Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, come on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> you, you, you just come here to be nosy. You just come here. Yes. You just want to find out what's going on over here. That's why you came. <laughs> right. You ain't all that. Leave, leave the fighting to the big guys. And then David is basically saying, "Well, you've been all dressed up for years, and you ain't done nothing." You know. <laughs> See, there's something about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You can't hide it. When the moment arrives, those that, that have yeah. it, they rise up. David got stirred in his heart. Is there not a cause? Just like you said, Brother Jeremy. He's going to take the obscure. He's going to take the hidden. He's going to take the Pauls in the house and, and bring them out at this moment. He's refocusing his true bride right now. Oh, come on, somebody. I need help today. Hallelujah. <laughs> I feel Praise that, God. brothers and sisters. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I thank God for, 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 for Brother Paul. I thank God for David. See, see, you may think you ain't nothing. You know, others might think you ain't nothing, but God knows exactly where you are. You know, David, they say, you're with those few little sheep over there. He ain't nothing. He says, ah, he goes, uh, is there not a cause? Praise God. And I think that's what's happening right now. God is refocusing his people God is refocusing. And let's just bring it down to even more personal in this time. You may feel isolated in what you're going through, in your belief and, and, and your trepidation over your loved ones, over that wayward son that seems to be getting worse, over that husband that, 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 that hasn't been able to get over whatever it is he's getting over your, the conditions of, of, your, of, your, of your life, you know, real life here. And, 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 and yet, Yet don't give up. You may not feel like you, you're anything or that your prayers matter, but, but you know the Spirit of God. Let him stir you and fight for your house. Not everybody's going to be on the front lines, uh, you know, where the troops are gathered, you know, in the sense of, you know, in the heat of the battle at the big, largest places, but that doesn't matter. It's, it's multiple pieces to the component that make up the whole. And all of it functioning and flowing together in that mystical way in which the Holy Spirit, when he moves and he brings a stirring in his church, it appears as if it's come out of nowhere. And when it arrives and when it is given the, the stage, 
it is not only ready, it is fully equipped by the Holy Spirit, and because of its ability to yield to his stirring, is smack dab right in the middle where it needs to be, precisely when it needs to be, in the name of Jesus. That's what happened to Paul, and that's what he's doing right now. He's refocusing us, and he's saying, but do you see the city? It's the same language Brother Jeremy was just talking about. Is there not a cause? That's what David said. It says in verse 16 that Paul saw the city totally given to idolatry. Totally. It's been overrun. The seat of democracy. Do you hear what I'm telling you, brothers and sisters? The seat of democracy had been overrun. Yes. America is, 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 is being overrun. And we're going to have to ask ourselves the question, as long as we're here, as long as we still have the ability, and I'm not talking about going out there with your AK-47s and smoke bombs, man. I'm talking about yielding the sword of the spirit, the word of God. See, see, see this is another little side note that we won't belabor this point too much, but there's also that other camp, you know, that militia group, you know, that, that holy warrior mentality. Dude, you ain't going to take on this global agenda with your little pea shooters. They got they got lasers coming down from the sky. They got atomic weaponry. They got night scope. Are you gonna fight them like that? Are you crazy? There's only one way to fight this battle. It's with the sword of the spirit and the righteous power of the name of Jesus flowing from a heart that's completely stirred by the Holy Spirit. My God, I need to be under a tent somewhere right now. Hallelujah. I feel his his presence. I feel his anointing. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Glory you know, uh, uh, America has become a, a house of abomination of all types of creeping birds and religions and gods. The, yes. the place of democracy, America, which that's what it represents, has become the very thing that Athens was in the times of Paul. A city, a nation wholly given to idolatry. That's what Incredible. stirred up the Apostle Paul. That's what it was. Just what we're seeing, you that are listening, what we're seeing through these verses, what the Holy Spirit is showing us is that when you see what is how, look, this is the way that Paul sees and is stirred by the Spirit. And the Bible says that when he saw, it's the way God is seeing America, yes. a nation. In this hour, those are the lenses that we must see. That and yeah. again, brothers, not to be uh, how do you, what's the word you guys use uh, to be uh, bewildered the point or to, uh, to 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 just continue on, on saying the same thing. But again, brothers and sisters, this is not a Republican versus Democrat, a Democratic versus Republican. This yeah. is something much more deeper. We must see things as by the eyes of the Spirit. How he is, how he showed it to Paul. Yes. It's the only way we're going to be stirred. It's the only way we're going to be moved when we begin to see it with his eyes, by the Spirit's eyes in this hour. Praise God. Amen. He saw the city. And, and subsequently, how Paul responds, he said he saw with the eyes of the Lord. You know, that, that's, that's yes. the issue. Uh, we need to ask God to show us how you see it. And, and how Paul mm -hmm. reacted is exactly how God saw it. He, he, he reacts in three separate ways, and that's verse 17. Can you read that in verse 17, Brother Jeremy? Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them 
that met with him. There was a threefold uh, attack by Paul. You know, he sees the the city wholly given to idolatry, the seed of democracy. Man, let's put it that way. And what he does, the first thing he does is he he walks out and he drops the gauntlet of responsibility for 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 why Athens, the seat of democracy, was in its condition by going directly to the only place that had the answer, the Jews in the synagogue. They had the Torah. They had the word of God. They had the writings of the prophets. He goes right there and he, dro- he drops a, a gauntlet right on the doorstep of the church of that time. And he also confronts the devout persons, which we'll talk about, you know, and, and says, you failed too. And then he goes into the marketplace. He leads by example. Now, listen, you know, he goes to the, to, to the Jews. That's, that's symbolic, you know, because they represent the old church, that old system. That's what we see also dying and has, you know, it's dead. It just, <laughs> you know, it's been pronounced dead, ineffective. And he goes and confronts that old system. The old church has evolved into into one that was like their day. They were like the choir preaching to the choir. You know, we, we, we have big meetings or before this whole, you know, global shift is taking place when when we could still meet and all that kind of, all they did was have conferences and revivals and camp meetings and you know, uh and and it's just the church preaching to the church. And with all these massive meetings that they love to tout themselves and parade across the platform, their their latest, you know, favorite Christian celebrity, Athens was going to hell and being infiltrated and inundated with, with all kinds of, of corruption and, and, and idolatry. And and like you said, Brother Jeremy, the Holy Spirit positioned Paul to be stirred. And and the first thing that he did was go right to that system. In his case, it was the old Judaistic system. And it had the answer. And he goes to dispute with them. And and the second thing he also did was dispute with the devout persons. What does that mean? Those those who truly loved the Lord and had been converted to Judaism. So they're a little level deeper in that they're devout. It's it's specific language. But you see, it also reveals to us that both were, were, were guilty of being ineffective. One was incredibly religious and had settled into an establishment type of formalized, you know, uh, <laughs> Judaism, in our case, Christianity. Uh, it, it became a profession, and, 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 and we've kept it within the four walls. But there's good, decent people who love the Lord with all their hearts as well, who have kind of entrenched themselves. And I like what you said, brother, because we're not preaching, you know, pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, whatever, you know, fancy label you want to give to it. But what you said, the kernel of the truth of what you said there was that there's this idea that Jesus is coming back to to take us out of here before any bad thing happens. And so it, it caused a slumber to enter into the church that I really don't have to do anything. I love the Lord with all my heart, but you know, what does it matter? I'm going to, you know, go up in the rapture and that's it. So we're not here to argue eschatology with you. We're here to show you something as to why the city became completely inundated with idolatry when they were the answer. And so the first two things he does is go both to the establishment religion and also those within it who love the Lord, and he drops the gauntlet at their feet and says, what have you been doing? 
And I think in this interim, as we're watching what's transpiring here in the seat of democracy for the whole world, the Athens of our time, the United States of America, it is this interim that God is giving us a chance in these hours that are ensuing since the election to ask the church, what have you been doing? It must reflect. Now, Paul represents that remnant, that that group that has felt isolated, that needs to refocus and allow the Spirit of God to to rekindle and refire that evangelistic fervor. Because when he saw through the eyes of God, he saw through the eyes of love, man. And, And he was driven to be a witness to a culture that hadn't been reached by establishment religion and even good, decent people who long ago went and hid themselves in the four walls of the church and let society crumble all around it. Incredible. And I think that's right where we are right now. It may not make a difference, but it will in individual lives. And and I like what the rabbis used to say. If a man saves one soul, he saves the whole world. The third thing that Paul did, right, was he went to the marketplace. The Holy Spirit drove him into the public square. And that is what God is telling us to do today. He's taking us into the public square. Brother Jeremy, you talked about it several times. Brother Fernando, you've mentioned it over the over the course of the last several months, where, where they that were bidden to the wedding feast became too encumbered with their own personal lives and 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 were no longer interested. And the servants came and showed the master of the house this, and he said, you go now into the marketplace. You go into the highways and the byways, and you start compelling them to come in. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul did. What's interesting to me is that, you know, Paul was raised in Tarsus, remember? He was raised in the Gentile world. He began his ministry in Gentile Antioch when Barnabas went and brought him there. He was a Roman citizen. He he was experienced in all facets. And and yet when he got to Athens, uh, he had never seen it at that level. What we have seen has been a progressive thing over time. And what we are now witnessing are the final throes of a nation that is fully given to idolatry. But there are treasures hidden in the sand. There are souls yet to be saved. And that is what God is telling us. Yes, things are falling apart. Yes, we know the prophetic scriptures are telling us what's coming. Yes, the system is, is being implemented. But, but we must work while it is yet day because the night is coming when no man can work. But we will prosper in this environment if we will allow the Holy Spirit to refocus us, to retrench us, and to send us forth with a stirring in our heart and, and to go into the marketplace of this world, if you will, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, see, Paul proved, and as an indictment to those that he first went to, he proved that the gospel was relevant and that the society was hungry for it. Can you read to that uh, us again, Brother Jeremy, in verse 17? Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. The market was the center. The market was like the World Wide Web of our day. You know, the market was, you know, like the mall or something. I mean, that's where everybody went. 
but but notice he proved by just making himself available at this most crucial of times uh that that they wanted to hear what he had to say cuz they're just simply known here understatedly so as those that met with him they came and it tells us that there are those that Jesus is trying to reach right now and this is the greatest opportunity we will ever have and and Paul didn't didn't settle for it he went out into the marketplace as he was driven by the Lord and and we see the fruit and the hunger of society in that people met with him daily they he began to to engage and see fruit even in the climate that he found himself in and that like you said brother Jeremy earlier he was positioned his faithfulness to go into the marketplace his faithfulness to to diligently do what he could do and and be uh you know that light in 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 the in the realm of influence that God had given him on a small scale first it's just those meeting with him and then verse 18 begins with the word then then came certain philosophers of the epicureans and of the stoics and they encountered him the level of the progression because what's about to happen is he's going to be brought to Mars Hill. That's like coming to a, address a joint session of Congress, man. I mean, that's what was going on here. He went into the marketplace, but because he was positioned by the Holy Spirit and made himself available, the day came when he got the attention of the highest order of intelligence, political, philosophical, uh, power of his day, educational power of his day. And they would bring him all the way to Mars Hill. Then they came. His faithfulness to God, it drew the elite, the elite of his day, the Epicureans and the Stoics. And then it says they encountered him in verse 18. They encountered him. That word encountered is very interesting because it means that they came together because these these two guys these these two schools of thought the epicureans and the stoics they were completely opposite of each other in their philosophy of life but when the gospel is preached it's interesting the kind of bedfellows that come together because they came together and encountered him that word encountered means to unify in a hostile way and 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 that's what Brother Jeremy was talking about earlier. We're going to go out into this marketplace as we are now, and what you're getting is 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 an attempt to to shut it down. And 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 they go on and say what, Brother Jeremy? After they encountered it, what did they say? And some said, "What will this babbler say?" Others, some, he seemed to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus. And the resurrection. You know what's interesting to me, and, and maybe we'll pick it up from here tomorrow as far as getting a little deeper into what the Epicureans and the Stoics really believe, because it would take another 30 minutes to go over that. And I, and I feel like the Lord has said a bunch to, to stir us and to, and to motivate us and to cause us to reflect at this point. But let's just finish this off right here and how they first came. They came in a hostile way. Apparently, he was gathering crowds on a daily basis, and, and probably some of their students. You know these 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 philosophers, these professors of their day. What's interesting to me is 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 you know 
like we've been talking about Republican and Democrat, you know, they're, they're two opposite spectrums of, of political philosophy. But the truth of the matter is, is that they're really only two sides of the same coin. You know, the, the, <laughs> they're the same, right? you know, and, and, and it's the same with the Epicureans and the Stoics. When, when convenience, uh, you know, uh, arises, uh, they, they unify because they're really just, they're, they're, they're just two sides of the same coin. And, and, uh, and really what they go after uh, are, are those that upset the apple cart as Paul did. But uh, what's interesting is how they, how they, what they said about him. They said he's a babbler. So they're condescending. You must be prepared to have a thick skin here. See, they will question what you know. And when they called him a babbler, you know, that, that word in the Greek literally means a seed picker, like a bird that picks mm-hmm. seeds. Mm-hmm. It's a condescending attitude. If you want to put it in modern language, they were kind of calling him like a, like a, like a YouTube or Wikipedia scholar, right? <laughs> you know, you've learned what you learned. You've just picked here and you've picked there. You're not really, you know, uh, you haven't put in the hard yards, in other words. You're not really a thinker. You're not really someone who's, you know, studied in the higher echelons of academia or philosophical thought. I mean, that's they were looking down on him. And they accused him of, of being just like really a con man, right? You know, he just picks from here and he picks from there. And, and he's kind of got this philosophy going on. But that's how they look down on him. You, you have to be willing, uh, you know, and understand that we are going to be looked down on. We will be mocked, like Brother Jeremy said. But then there's also others who said something interesting. Go ahead, Brother, say something. What were you going to say? Oh, no, no. I'm I'm a green, Brother. Okay. What what you're saying. Yeah, no, what what you're saying. uh, What you said, like treating him like a con man. Like he never yeah. went to school or picking here. I like I like the term he used. The twenty first century, a YouTuber, a Wikipedia like or <laughs> yeah. A Wikipedia scholar. He reads a paragraph and yeah, he's not suddenly he's an expert, right? You know. And that's what they, they looked out on him like that. You know, and and, uh, and and you know, that that was that was one approach. And then the second though was is very telling. Because when it yeah. says he seems to be a setter forth of strange gods. It's interesting because the word strange God or strange doctrine, the word strange literally means freshness. What he was teaching actually carried with it something that that illuminated them. They called it fresh or fresh gods or something new. This isn't normal. So So while there were those who mocked, there were also those that couldn't deny that what he was talking about had this strange sense of a almost like a cool breeze on a hot summer day. This this is different than what we've been hearing. And I love what the Holy Spirit says. What did he preach, Brother Jeremy? He preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. Hallelujah. See, the message hasn't changed. We don't have to adjust or fancify or 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 <laughs> or 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 uh what's the word or or uh or remodel the gospel to to be culturally relevant no man Paul knew the power of the gospel he preached Jesus and the resurrection yeah. 
and 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 literally what he was preaching was by saying that was you know first he was talking about a price that had to be paid and that he is the savior of that price and then he goes on into a deeper sense and begins to preach the resurrection which in their ears what they actually were hearing was was that he's talking about victory over the very building blocks of the material world no one talked like that back then see what they had come to realize at that time in their 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 philosophies and and not realize but what they the conclusions they had come to after centuries of thought was the universe is all there is and that and that matter is eternal and and if you want to talk about it today it's the same philosophies today there really isn't anything else it, there's either a darwinian atheistic thought or there's a new age kind of thought and we see the same two ideologies prevalent that shape and mold the entirety of the philosophy of the world and when and when Paul yes. came into this most crucial of moments, he came preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and the resurrection. He began to proclaim that there's another world, that there's another reality, and that that is the true reality. And that all men, as we get into his sermon tomorrow, Lord willing, that all men are going to now be brought under account. Listen. Once he reaches the seat of democracy and it's fully overrun with idolatry, he then calls them to the carpet because the time had come for them to wake up and to have the gospel presented to them. Whether they accept it or reject it, that's not the point. The point is, is that it will be presented and must be presented so that the choice can be made for a final generation. What did he say, Brother Jeremy, uh, in verse 30 and 31. Can you read that to us? Yes, brother. It says, and the times of this ignorance, and, and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Because? Because he had the point of the day in the which he would judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he, whom he had ordained, whereof he had given assurance unto all men, and that he had raised him from the dead. My God, this is the message that came to the seat of democracy. Once it had reached the point of absolute, uh, you know, being flooded with absolute idolatry and compromise, as we've already talked at length in our podcast today of how that relates to our time. He then goes to the establishment and throws the gauntlet down at their feet and says, you are absolutely ineffective. And you had the truth. You had the opportunity. You were placed here. You were positioned, to use Brother Jeremy's word, to make a, a difference in the most powerful place on earth. Because from this place, Athens, the United States would be born centuries later, almost 1,800 years later. But its roots were right there in the foundational place of the democracies of the world. And he says, you have failed. God has thrown the gauntlet down at this time. You want to know why we're seeing what we're seeing in this country? It is the, it is the systematic failure 
the managed decline at the toppest levels of the religious elite of the essence and the freshness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the the contentment of walling themselves off and becoming self-important in their overindulgent lifestyles and their 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 love and uh, uh, of ego and lights, camera, action, and being paraded across the uh, the the platforms of their churches as 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 if they were. Uh, celebrities from Hollywood. You're ineffective. You're the choir preaching to the choir. And to the devout persons, he, he ministered to them as well and said, look, I know you love the Lord, but, 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 <laughs> but the same God that saved your soul, you should have a burden for them. He comes at that moment, in the most crucial moment. His message is Jesus. His message is the resurrection. His message is it's time to repent. And his message is, God is getting ready to judge the world. That is what we are being called to right now for this nation and for the world. Yes, we have been told this onslaught is going to be successful eventually. But as long as it's not there yet, let us be stirred like Paul. Let us have that 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 same spirit of King David that said, is there not a cause? Let us recognize we are positioned in the most crucial time in a generation to make a difference. However that works itself out in your own meditations and consecrations before God, let it be that individual revelation of the Spirit to you, whether it's, whether it's, it's your family, your immediate family, your neighborhood, your community, whatever it may be, all of us have a part to play right now, and that part has never been more important, at least in my lifetime, <laughs> than it is right now. So let us put on the whole armor of God, take up the sword of the Spirit, and let's go forward, not in our own strength, but in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let us point the world, and let us try and rem uh, to the world, and let us try to remind this nation that it was God Almighty who blessed it, and 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 the choice has never been more clear or more stark that we have reached that time. In times past, this ignorance that, that has led us to this point, he said he's winked at it, but he's now calling us to repent. That must be our message, and the declaration of the coming of the Lord must be that which drives and stirs us on the inside, and the proclamation that the kingdom of heaven is at hand is our mandate. Question it. Will you leave the four walls of your convenience and dare to go into the marketplace with the only message can change this nation. Uh, Jeremy? You know, um, <clears throat> for so many years, the ministry, at least in America, has been run by, it's been a result, uh, you know, just a, a, a ministry that seek results, and results are a big church, big numbers. And we have compromised the message. What we have learned here is that Paul was stirred up. Not worried about results. He's worried about presenting Jesus. That's the message. The message, the gospel. At the end of the day, people will... And, and then the Bible says, you know, we'll, we'll read the story tomorrow, how some believed, some didn't. It is God who brings the increase. We must present the gospel. But at the end of the day, 
It is the individual who will have to make a decision what they will do. Our responsibility is to take the gospel, is to present Jesus, is to give them and confront. That's what the gospel does. It doesn't align itself with the culture. Paul did not preach a, a message that aligned itself with the culture there in Athens. He confronted it with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The results will be what every person, what every individual will have to make a decision. Amen. Anything more to say? I'll, say, I'll say this. Um, oh, he lives. Paul, Paul, <laughs> <laughs> Paul to Athens. Yeah, Paul sorry, going bro. to Athens is um, it's 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 a a miniature of where we're at today. It's come full circle, and it's so powerful to me. Uh, I don't just look at it as some journey to Athens. Right. I look at it as the confrontations of powerful ideologies mm. that cover the world today. And it's almost like the gospel is going head up against them uh, by Paul bringing the gospel and preaching Jesus in the resurrection. And it's a confrontation of of spirits uh, that are not seen, mm, that's right? Good. If we can really, really look at what's taking place here, uh, it's a confrontation of the ideologies and beliefs that would ultimately fill the globe, which includes, you know, uh, all the teachings of the philosophers of those days uh, that are, you know, and, and repackaged, but are still alive today. Yes. But it also includes the gospel of Jesus Christ. And imagine that, you know, Paul is a learned man. This is kind of studied at the feet of Gamaliel. But he's not taking any of that learning with him. Right. Uh, 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 up to up to uh, Athens and Mars Hill. He's taking the gospel. <laughs> that's that's some that's faith right there. Yeah. I mean think about that. That's mm -hmm. faith. Praise that he's God. only taking the gospel of Jesus Christ that he is Lord. And and so we we come full circle and we know mm -hmm. that the gospel is the truth. Yeah. And it is yes. the, the the greatest wisdom of all because it is the wisdom of God. Think about that now. So we come full circle. We are entering the arena, uh, as Paul is in Mars Hill, of this modern-day world, and we are taking the gospel, and we are going to preach the gospel, and we are going to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he is coming again. That's the resurrection. Think about that now. I don't know, I don't know if you can grasp it. But this is exactly what's happening right now. We're just taking, we're, it's like David, right? He just took some five rocks with him to face yes. this giant. That's what the gospel is. We're just getting five <laughs> rocks with us, and we're going to go head on against all these religions, false religions and ideologies that stand in the way. And yeah. we are laying a challenge to them <laughs> and to see if they hold water, and they don't hold water. 
It's so I'm powerful. Right. We have eyes to see yeah. where we're headed, where we're at. We've come full circle. We are entering the arena right now. Our yeah. modern day Mars Hill. Are you prepared? Have you been studying? Do you know what you have believed? Because I'll be quite honest with you. If you don't, if you have not done these things, you will be ashamed. But if you know in whom you have believed, as Paul said, I know in whom I have believed, and I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You have that kind of faith. The Lord will uphold you. And he will open the door of utterance so that you can proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's excellent. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I like like the phraseology you use. Uh, It's our turn. We're now entering the arena. (laughs) Yeah. No pressure. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. It's been an, an inspiring, led by the Spirit, uh, study today. Praise you know, God. we could sense the presence of God, Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, from the beginning. Uh, the stirring of the Spirit, because sometimes, man, you just gotta slap everything. I mean, just kick everything <laughs> and say, "I'm tired, man. I'm getting up." Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And get out of our pity party and, and get up and, get up. and preach what they say is the Lord. But as you said, it, it can only come when the Spirit of God stirs us up. Yeah. You know, when He does it, then we're on the right track. Because <laughs> if it's just it, us go cause, causing a, a, a riot and saying mm-hmm. things for the sake of shock, then it ain't going to work. They're going to beat us up, they're going to throw us in jail. They're going to throw, stone you. But if you go in the spirit of the Lord, hallelujah, nothing can stop the word. And that's the and that was the prayer of the Apostle Paul, wasn't it? The, his yeah. prayer was, God, that your God, that the gospel would have free course in this hour. Amen? That's all we want. That's all we need. That, that as long as we got breath, you know, the gospel will have free course. I'm encouraged. I'm ready to go face a giant right now. <laughs> I got my five rocks. I got my slingshot. I'm gonna go hunting now. I I, I gotta go. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel stirred up already. Uh, I, I may not even need a tent. You know, just 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 give me a soul. Give me a devil. I'll preach the gospel to him. I'm encouraged today, and we pray that you are too. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Well, if there's nothing else to say today. It's been encouraging. We pray that you join us tomorrow on Friday as we continue to study, hallelujah, this great, great, great parallel to today. This is our Athens. America is our Athens. The world is our Athens. And uh, God is looking for a pause, a Paul that says, with or without you, I ain't got time to wait for you to get, I'm going to do it. If you're stirred by the spirit, you're needed. You're needed in this hour. You're needed in your communities. You're needed in your neighborhood. You know, and uh, you know, even to your neighbors, do you pray for them? You know, uh, God, God will put people. You don't even have to look for them. God will bring them to you, but you got to be ready and stirred to preach to them 
and confront because the word of God is powerful. This word of God has power to change. It's eternal. It breaks chains. It broke the chains in my life of religion. It could do it for anything else. It'll break the chains. It'll set people free. But let us be stirred by the spirit of the Lord. Let him stir us up. All you have to do, all I have to do is make myself available to him. How do I do that? Not just saying going to pray. Well, pray. Pray with wisdom. God, give me, give me the, the wisdom to navigate in this hour. God, help that my faith will not fail me. Lord, give me the boldness. That's the way you pray. That's the way you avail yourself to him. When you get into the word of God and you say, God, speak to me. I need to hear from you. I know what my brothers are saying. And, and I believe 50% of what they're saying, but hey, I believe something. But Lord, you need to show me the other 50%. You need to show me for myself, and, and, and I'm being facetious, obviously. But you need to show me the other part. You need to show me who you are. I want to know you for who you are. I yeah. want to know this Jesus so that when I speak about him, people will know that it's not something I read. It's because I've known him. Hallelujah. It's because he touched me. Hallelujah. Oh, I was dying on that Jericho road. He found me bleeding and dying. He touched me. He restored me. He breaks the chains because he broke my chains. He he gives peace because he gave me peace. Amen. I better stop. I'm a pastor. And I'll stop <laughs> preaching today. But I feel inspired today. So please join us tomorrow as we continue in our study. And we pray God bless you. God keep you, and as always, keep looking up.